Yo, soft words and harsh truths. You got issues, I got issues, we all do. So free yourself for safe space for your concerns. We got things to learn, habits to unlearn. Always deconstructing and reconstructing. Can you see the beauty that's in destruction? If there's an end, a new beginning's coming. Nothing comes easy, does it? You gotta really want it. Soft words and harsh truths. You got issues, I got issues, we all do. Hello, welcome to Healing Out Loud, Unhinged While Anchored. I am your host, Goddess. And with me today is author Cedric Pierce. How are you today, Cedric? I'm very well, very well. How are you? I'm doing well, thank you. I messed up the opening of my own show. It's it's a whole trans, it's a whole thing. (laughs) No problem, no problem. But it is all good, it's all good. And so Cedric joins me today because one, I know him, and two, I ran across one of his TikToks the other day in which he was speaking to black women and he was saying, you need to allow men an opportunity to have responsibility. And it really struck a chord with me. And so I really wanted to bring you on because I do know that that is part of your platform. That is one piece of what makes up Cedric Pierce. So. Tell us who you are. Uh, my name is Cedric Pierce. Um, just a little backstory speaking on that topic. My mother was uh, Gloria Pierce. She was a 16-year-old teen mother. My father was also a 16-year-old. Ironically, they was uh, same age, born in the same year, same month, same day. So uh, people would say they was meant to be. However, they was teenage parents and they was... Uh, so most of us, as we grow to adults, we bring a lot of our experiences with us. So my parents, they learned as I matured or as I grown up. So a lot of their lessons, they did the best that they could. However, being so young and immature, um, no slight on them. Just at such a young age, uh, there's a lot of things they just didn't know. So um, I grew up in the inner city, East Palo Alto. Um, just a typical youth, undisciplined, thinking life was owed me something. And uh, to make a long story short, I ended up being incarcerated a few times. The last time I was incarcerated, it was for 40 years to life. Um, I've recently been uh, out of prison for the last 28 months. Um, I was able to get out of that life sentence. I did 23 years on that life sentence. And Governor Newsom, what a blessing. He uh, commuted my sentence for my rehabilitated efforts. And um, so now I like to use, you know, any format, any platform that I had an opportunity to say that if I can do any part to save young black men from experiencing the life that I've experienced, um, that's where I'm at with it. I'm currently a life coach. I work for ARC. That's the citizen coalition and what i do is i go into prison uh that i actually uh once was an inmate at and uh, i just try to like coach the young men in there on things that i learned how i got out of prison and all the transitions that one must make once they get out here 
with that, my real focus is on young black men. And um, I like to talk to parents too, especially single black mothers, because it's hard. It's hard for a, a woman to instill the lessons that young boys need to condition them to be men. And one reason is that because I feel like a lot of black mothers, they want to protect their children. You send them out in these streets, we hear it on the news all the time, police will kill our kids. And uh, so we try to protect them. But the truth is there are certain vital lessons that they need to learn to get themselves prepared for this competitive world as a man, especially as a black man. So that's where I'm at with it. So if you could give just one quick tidbit of a lesson that you give to mothers, what would it be? If you're a single black mother and you work hard, that is not a curse for your child. Your child as a young black boy, he should have a work ethic as the same as you. Some people think that I'm gonna spare my child, a young black boy, and I just think that's the wrong way to go about it. I just think that discipline is the number one thing that we need as young black boys that's conditioned to turn into black men. So discipline, discipline your child. And I don't mean in the sense of uh, whoopings and that sort of discipline. I mean, every day that a young black kid get up, they should have some responsibility owed to the family. I don't care if it's washing dishes. I don't care if it's picking up the dog pool. I don't care if it's fixing your bed and cleaning your room. There needs to be some condition in old time. And as they mature, that discipline and that responsibility increase so they can go out into this world and be well prepared. Selling drugs, doing robberies, that is from the undisciplined. That's taking the easy route. And uh, I can speak personally that it has no longevity. So since you've been out, what, what's been the one true struggle uh, my, I think my true struggle is like I, like I said, I've been incarcerated. Uh, I have four children. I have a wife. Um, my, my biggest struggle is adapting and having people adapt in my relationships. Uh, in prison, you you tend to get overstructured, disciplined, and in life, there's a lot of moving pieces, not so much in prison. So when you say you're gonna do something, you do it no matter what. Um, and life out here really doesn't work that way. So it's just been a struggle and I continue to struggle with my relationships, uh, people keeping their word, uh, people being on time, just all these things that um, I'm getting a lot better at. I'm getting a lot um, more understanding that there's a lot of more moving pieces and sometimes people don't think their commitment's all the way out but uh that's my greatest struggle and um like coming back into house uh, trying to uh impart that discipline on my 15 year old son my youngest son is 15 so it is a challenge so my question would be how do you change the label from felon to author, to inspiration, to life coach. That's that's a big jump. And you definitely, I know that we spoke, um, you know, we have spoken personally. You came out hitting the ground running. How did you do that? I just think like having a plan. Um, so my transition, 
like I said, I did 23 years. Um, my first um, 15 years was very unproductive, just doing what I want to do, playing all the prison politics, all the hustling, uh, all what's on the yard. Very much a part of it. Most of my time was spent on the level four yard. Uh, I did all my time on the general population yard, so it ain't like I had any type of way out. Like uh, I, I did all my time on GP, um, but there was a commitment. I think there was a commitment where I said, "I'm tired of this life." And I would like to change my life. And when I began to make those changes in my life, then I got a bigger vision of saying, you know what? I don't want to spend the rest of my life in jail. So then I start to research ways of uh, how do you get out of jail? And commutation or getting, your, or getting pardoned was one of the ways. So I learned everything possible that I could learn. And when I seen that process going through and I thought I could be successful at it, then I just up the ante. I just say, OK, so getting out of jail is just one step. When you get out of jail, how can you be successful in life? And then so I start to research those things for myself also. So when you ask the question, how did I hit the ground running? It's simple. I had been able to discipline myself to make a to do list, to make daily goals and to just go out and accomplish them goals. And I had a plan. So uh, and just to be able to follow through on them plans. And when I couldn't follow through for whatever reason, then I would just mentally readjust and I figure out why can I accomplish what I said I would. And then I would adjust, just adjust that. And uh, that's how I was able to hit the ground. And I just basically sum it all up, having a plan and really having a fortitude and a good support system to help me get to the object. I... First of all, I have to commend you. I, you know, I know that it wasn't an easy transition. I mean, I can only imagine. I, I don't know. I've never experienced it. But you also found an erotic release with your book. Yes. Yes. So many of my listeners may, as I stated, Cedric is also an author. And I do apologize that, of course, I could not find my copy this morning. But he is, uh, it's, it's a sensual book. And again, it, it is the opposite of who your story portrays. And for me, I love contradictions. I think they are just so attractive because they belie what is considered normal. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, you are a true testimony of breaking away from the stereotype. And so most will talk about as spiritual awakening. So from what I'm seeing, hearing, you had yours while behind bars. What what flipped that switch for you? I mean, how did you go from street to, you know, pulpit, basically, for lack of a better term? You know, that's a big that's a big 180 switch. How did you do that? What what switched you? I think just the the redundancy of it all just. Sometimes you think 
And I and I see that out here too in society. You think when I get to this position, then I'm gonna do this. Um, on January first, I'm gonna start my diet program. On January first, I'm gonna stop smoking. I'm gonna stop. It's all of these things that I'm gonna continue to do what I do, knowing that it's not productive. But at a later time in the future, I'm going to decide to change. That's what made me switch. It's like I have no one coming to waste. I'm already sitting in prison, um, serving a life sentence. I could possibly never get out of jail. Why am I waiting to change? So first, I think that's what it was, just saying that every day I live, this is my real life. It's, it's not going to be a situation for me to make these changes. So... Uh, I'm just going to change now. And in my process, I don't know exactly how to change because I can't admit that. Like when I started to change, I didn't know exactly what that looked like. I didn't know. Um, I didn't know what the future held for me. Uh, am I going to be respected? Like I still have to walk this yard. I still got to be around my dudes. Uh, people have a certain expectation of me. Uh, that uncertainty that that was a dilemma for me but i said you know what i'm just gonna give it my best shot i'm gonna do the best that i can every single day and when you do the best that you can every single day you get more information you get more experiences and you just get better so to answer that question so like the redundancy of it all the same politics the same um yeah we gonna get this money but really what is this money for so that's the whole thing when you incarcerated you feel that Everything that you earn, because I was a hustler in there, and then I would just turn around and risk my life doing more time just to take what I earn and give it away because really I just want to be relevant. Like I'm just scared to be a nobody. That's the truth of it. And uh, understanding that insecurity, I can best serve my life and serve the people's lives that I care about by just doing what it takes to get out of jail and being very relevant in their lives like I am today. So that's what prompt my change, the redundancy of it. This is not getting me anywhere. So I'm sure some of our listeners have done a little bit of math. How did you maintain your relationship while behind bars? Uh, it's very difficult. It's, it's very difficult. But to be honest with you, um, that's really a question for my wife. Like, that's really a question for her because it's not much for the incarcerated to maintain. Like my day is the same. Um, if she's coming to visit me, she lived in a different state, that journey, all of them hours, uh, the driving, uh, the, the, the hotel room to get into the prison on time, all of that was her burden. Me, I woke up, got dressed, time for the visit and maybe walked 50 uh, yards at the visit. So it wasn't much. It was really her being the sacrifice of her life to be with me. Um, in all honesty, I knew how relationships work. So it's a part of me that blocked it out to be like, you know, all relationships don't last. You see more fade into the abyss than actually last. So I've always had that in the back of my mind. And we've all, I've always told her that, that um, one day if you wake up and you feel like you can't do this, 
I will never fault you for it. Go off and live your best life. But fortunately, she's a strong woman, one of the strongest I ever met. And um, she was able to walk that time down with me. No, I, that's beautiful. I am a sucker for love. So, you know, I've always just all over that and the respect that you give her. I know that had to be a journey too. As you stated, you were a hard headed man. And she, she is testimony that love is magic. And I, and I just believe that to be the most beautiful testimony. And I, I don't mean to be redundant in my speech, but it really is. It is something that is lost. It's not taught anymore. We are, we're expected to just know how to love our, our youth, even us of the age that we're at. It's an expectation. Uh, a rite of passage. I woke up this morning. You should just love me. There's no effort put back into what they want out. And so I just want to reward you and your wife in this moment because it it's work. And yeah. in your situation, that was a full-time job. <laughs> it is a full-time job. And I will say, uh, still learning. I'm still learning, but uh, she deserves a lot of credit because, I, I, especially at that time, I, I'm not the most easiest person to deal with just naturally. So, I've uh, met your sister. I understand. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> exactly. So, yes, uh, it is. It is. Uh, it is enduring. I think. I think when you ask me, um, how did I hit the ground? Run? Um, just come into my own. Also, that's a part of it. So. You have people that were uh, close people that 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 love her, and I could never fault them for trying to uh, advise her what to do with her life. And uh, that's a part of hitting the ground running because they're saying he's not worth it. Uh, anything you could possibly accomplish when he get out, you can find somebody actually doing that right now, uh, which is all true which is all true. I have two daughters. I would never, ever, ever advise my daughters to get with men that are doing life in prison. Like I would not do that. So I understand that I can step outside of myself and see that. Um, I can see how people can say that's not a good decision. So hitting the ground running was a part of that also to say that uh, I'm a man. Your investment is was warranted. I, I'm a solid investment. I, I will do all the things that I said I would do. Uh, I will be accomplished. Uh, people that have been out here for years, I will come out and I will do whatever it takes to move to my rightful place in society. So um, I'm going to I'm going to take a break from you for a moment and I'm going to okay. love on your wife because <laughs> I am I am, you know, to break away from conditioned mindsets, to break away from what everybody is telling you is wrong because you know in your heart the person you're with is not who is being presented in the moment that's a strength that many do not understand 100% that goes well beyond love and you know I completely admire her 
because I was only recently put into a situation like that. You know, I think I, even the night that we met, I was kind of in my emotions a little bit, remember, just kind of mm-hmm. because of the situation. And it's really difficult. And it's very intentional that you told that story today because it's it's a testimony of who I'm trying to become. And so I just truly admire her because that's that's something that goes well beyond love. And you are a very lucky man. I agree. I agree. I agree. So um, now tell us, how did you get to the book? Uh, book came about, okay, so I, I of course, I'm incarcerated. Uh, <laughs> I'm like, no exaggeration, I read thousands of books, like, so thousands. So it's authors, um, <clears throat> Eric Jerome Dickey, Zane, um, you know, even parts of Donald Goins' book. So. Um, I said, I think this is pretty, it, it comes pretty easy for me. So um, it's not a it's, a, it's a little plot, but not much of a plot. It's an erotic book. People want to be excited. They want to be stimulated. So let me give this a shot. So uh, I just gave it a shot. Like uh, it's, it's, it's different than who people would think that I am. And uh, I just like to thank all people. We're very diverse. Uh, I'm a sexual being. Uh, a lot. I'm a very serious person, uh, but I'm also a person that like to laugh. So, in my lifetime, in this short lifetime, what I'm hoping to do is uh, every part of me, every aspect of my diversity, is to let out. And that was just one part of my diversity, and uh, I had the time to write it, and uh, I just cranked it out and said, "Here it go." And, uh, once I was released, I said, you know what? Let me just publish it. Let me just put that on my list to do things. And I just published it. And uh, I just want to see how the audience or the readers uh, related to it or how did they enjoy it? Um, you know, just taking every opportunity that comes my way. That's basically how it came about. Well, I do apologize for being a horrible friend and not having it with me, but I will link it so they can, you know, get it on Amazon. Um, and it's sensual addiction, right? It's a club seduction. I knew there was something in there. I just, I I can see the cover in my head. I can see the cover. Uh Um, but, uh, so since you're doing this work in the prisons, um, to kind of rehabilitate, have you seen success? Uh, well, I'm 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 kind of like new at it, but when you talk about the organization as a whole, ARC, the Anti-Racism Coalition as a whole, you much know, success. just it it can be very generalized. It doesn't have to be you specific, but yes. have you guys seen a rehabilitation in our youth to know that they don't they don't have to give up the strength to move away from the lifestyle? Absolutely. Absolutely. I I think I think just being a messenger of that, I've 100 percent seen changes, um, even when my sentence was commuted, like from the youth to the adults. When my sentence was commuted and uh, I went to board, I went through the whole process and they said, you're going home. Uh, 
I'm in contact with people right now that live the life that I lived, even once I changed my life and I got out. Now they're following them saying that same path to get out, because a lot of people said. If you can get out, if they're going to let you out. Anybody can get out because I was kind of like a bad actor. So um, with that mindset, I just think people do things that they find value in. If you see a person not putting forth their best effort, a lot of times because they don't see the pay value in that. But what I believe is as people like myself and a lot of other people that work with ARC for ARC, um, you begin to see the, the, the value in that. Like there are individuals, uh, there are individuals that have been newly released. They've been out 18 months and some of them work for big companies like PayPal, Cash App. And these dudes are like six figures. These is recently released ex-offenders that were serving life sentence. And now they make six figure incomes. So. I have a friend, Uncle Dolomite who is of the lifestyle, but he talks to black men too. You know, he's saying, look, this is, this is where we live. This is who we are, but this is not who we have to be, you know? And he's, and he definitely speaks from his truth and he is an amazing individual. And I have an, um, a podcast that I've done with him as well. I just, I really encourage that because I have seen that men in general take away color, have never been taught that it's okay to be vulnerable, that it's okay to have emotion. You know, it doesn't matter that you exhibit or that you have this level of awareness. It doesn't take your man card away. And, you know, there's really no card. I, society has given us these roles that we're supposed to listen to. Women are supposed to be weak and men are supposed to be strong. That's not true all the time. Sometimes it's the woman who has to be strong because Absolutely. of the nurturing aspect of it. And the man allows that to happen. It doesn't take his place away. You know, Absolutely. it's just a transference of energy. And I and I really and I applaud you and I applaud Uncle Dolomite because you guys are allowing this vulnerability, this emotion into testosterone. And I speak that into existence because that's really what it comes down to. Men are not their wallet. I don't mind if you work at McDonald's. If you're happy, I'm happy for you. Absolutely. You know, because that is how you grow. And if you have that appreciation of where you are currently, abundance will find you. Absolutely. Absolutely. I agree with I that. I think that is a testimony of you yourself. You stopped believing that what you were told you were. And now you're just you. You're Cedric. Absolutely. You are not the stereotype that society placed on you. Absolutely. And I think that's what you and Uncle Dolomite are putting out into the world now is to take away the stereotype. 
Um, do you have, you said the ARC, um, if you send me some literature, I can add them to um, this, you know, when I post this uh, episode, but I wish my brother had had somebody like you. I wish my brother had had somebody like Uncle Dolomite who had allowed him to have that space to be a man with emotion. Absolutely. Absolutely. Men, men typically, I, I believe in my personal experience, what I see, men have just as many as emotions as women. But the thing is, is that we haven't been taught to utilize a, a wide uh, range of emotions. So most of the men emotions come out in irritation and, and anger. So and when irritation and anger get involved, now we want to act out the emotions in violence. So that's pretty much what we've been taught. We haven't been taught that it's, 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 uh, it's okay to feel insecure because a lot of times when we do the things that we do, it's that feeling of being insecure. So I was a, a, a robber. I was a drug dealer because I was insecure. Now, people don't see that as being insecure, but what I mean by that, I was insecure in my ability. Could I actually do something else? So now when I tell a person I'm insecure, I'm wondering if I can be successful doing something else. And then you get more information. You get more education about uh, not only yourself, but what can I do to get the things that I want? Then you become more secure in yourself as a boy, as a man. And you know that this is not the only life for me. I can also do this, 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 and that. And I can get the same things that I desire if I was doing the wrong thing. That's one of my biggest messages to young black boys and young black men also, that uh, not a lot of stuff haven't changed about me, but my the way I go about getting things. So um, if you work on your credit score, there are certain things that you can learn how to work on your credit score, how to work, uh, you want a house, how to go about getting a FHA loan. All of this information is for you and if you put forth the right steps, all the things, what I learned is this, in my short period of time, 28 months, I've had more financial success now than what I ever had in all my previous life doing the wrong thing is because the information allowed me to know how to get a house. The information allowed me to know how to go to the car lot and get a Mercedes Benz, like it's the information that puts you in a position of all of the things that you want and take as much money as you might, as we might growing up uneducated, think it might take. It really takes us the time and energy to study the know-how. So everybody out there, you can have anything you want in this world. The thing is, is that are you prepared to sit down and make a plan and execute on that plan to get it? Dropping some knowledge on the set. <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, we've reached the part of the show where I have introduced a new segment. And so this segment is my heartfelt moment of the week. Okay. And... I think this one is fitting today. So we are gonna do this. Hey, don't 
by yourself off yet It's only in your head you feel left out Or looked down on Just try your best Try everything you can And don't you worry what they tell themselves When you're away It just takes some time Little girl, you're in the middle of the ride Everything, everything will be just fine It's right, just, yeah. it fits right into what we're trying to do today, you know? Um, and that's funny because that's not even the original video that I had intended to play today, but for some reason I pulled it in just in case. Um, <laughs> but, you know, tell me the relationship you have with your kids. I can understand that that might have been difficult, especially because you really have just started to truly form that over the last two years in the yeah. physical sense. Absolutely. How did, how has that been? Uh, it was a little difficult at first. Um, uh, admittedly, uh, like I said, I had young parents, so we kind of like pick up uh, on a lot of experiences that we went through and then we try to uh, put that on our kids. So, um, in my mind, I thought I took these parenting classes and I did all the things that said I should do. And, uh, all you have to do is just speak nicely and be very patient with kids. They always get it. Nope. Not true. It's, it's absolutely not true. Uh, you could, you could tell your kids, uh, this is what you do. This is why you do it. You can be as calm and soft-spoken as possible. And uh, it, it just really don't like it. don't work like that. Kids have their own minds. They are their own individual. Every last single one of my kids, I have four. They all have different personalities. They all have different interests. So um, it was a learning process for me. Uh, I, I had to learn how to come from I'm dad um this is my kingdom mm -hmm. do what i say because i said so um that and that's and that's how it should work right that's that's, that's how i was taught but it didn't work taught. yeah i you know i find myself giving lessons to my kids now the other day my daughter and i had a misunderstanding and it was because uh her sim card had stopped working Mm -hmm. And so we had spoke, I said, Hey, take it out, put it back in, see if it works. If not, when you go to Verizon, let me know. I'm thinking she's going to go tomorrow. She of course goes today because it's a cell phone. She needs mm -hmm. it today. And she calls me. She's like, I'm not on the account. I'm like, you didn't tell me you were going. She's like, it was assumed. No, sweetie. Let's acknowledge the fact that the breakdown in communication came from your side because you didn't communicate that you were going down there for me to go in and add you to the account. And of course she got mad and hung up on me, but that's okay. But it's a lesson that I know I planted the seed on, you yes. know, I, I think that that is one of the biggest breakdowns is the assumption that people know what we mean, yes. or what we intend to do. And that's just not reality based. That's really unfair. 
because you're holding yourself to a higher account than the person you're having a conversation with. And you are no better than me and I know better than you. Absolutely. So I, I'm really trying to work now to implement that into my kids to say, hey, let's take away the assumption and the expectations and just have a conversation. Um, it's been a little bit rocky, but they'll get there. <laughs> they will. They will. I think, I think what what like my relationship is 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 better than what has ever been right now. Um, always, and I tell them I put the onus on them. As far as your life, your life is going to be whatever you make it. Uh, I'm here to advise you. I'm here to prevent you from making mistakes that damage the rest of your life. Like, but I'm not here to keep you from learning lessons. So. Um, for example, I, I um, tell my kids all the time, like, school is going to affect your life. By the time it begins to affect your life, if you don't take your education serious, you will already be an adult. And I will not be responsible for your life anymore. That responsibility is going to lie solely on you. So I may advise you what to do to have the best life possible in accordance to your standard. If you tell me you would like to participate in something, if you tell me you would like to have this type of occupation, it is my job to put in the best position to achieve that. However, if you don't take advantage of that, you are the only person that's gonna suffer for that. And uh, so, and it's a beautiful relationship now because they understand that I can't make you, I can advise you, but either way it go, the consequences is going to be on you. My oldest daughter, she's 22. We was having a conversation maybe like a month ago. And she, she was a little disappointed. She was, she's a young adult. And she said, um, she said, you lucky, you lucky. I ain't not in these streets using drugs or on drugs somewhere. And I just retorted nice and calm. And I said, no, I'm not lucky. You lucky. <laughs> you're lucky. You're like your life, your ownership. Life. Yeah, that, yeah, that's your life. That, if you, I'll be sad. I will yes. have to deal with the consequence of your actions. Yes. But ultimately, you're the one who would be suffering. Yes, you would be so, suffering. And I, and, I, and I don't think that was something that even we as kids were taught, Cedric. Like we that, was not. We was not. We were just taught, shut up and go into another room. Uh-huh. Or we handled it in a, physica- in a physical way. Absolutely. Uh, and so our kids today are very, very entitled because exactly. we did a 180 to not implement that abuse, but we took away the structure because we didn't realize that what we classified as abuse was providing us structure just a little bit harder than we needed it. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Like you just give them choices. Like I tell my son, hey, um, can you take me over here? Um, well, yeah, I can do two things. I'm not going to do everything. So either I can go pick up the dog poo for you. I can go do that for you. You can do it yourself. And now I can drive you somewhere because you can't do that yourself. Everything that you can do for yourself, I'm going to let you have at it. But if you can't do it for yourself, then I'm going to do it. But if you make me do things that you can do yourself, then I'm not going to do something for you that you can't do yourself. So it's your choice. And that seems to work out a lot better now it, it works perfectly so 
I think is it. I think it's really sad. We we went into a society of participation trophies. However, simplicity is providing choice. Yes. Okay. Yes. So I am going to make dinner. I'm going to make chicken or I'm going to make spaghetti. Mm -hmm. What do you want? Because then I'm not wasting food because yes. I've got the mindset that this is what I'm going to cook. This is what you're going to eat. If you don't eat it, you starve. Yes. And I have worked the last year to break away from those mindsets, to step away from the, what I say goes mentality. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And it's not easy. It's very much instilled in who I am. The, the point of, do you see sand in my living room? Why are you playing in it? And now God thought he was going to be funny and now, because of where I live, there's always dirt in my freaking living room. Yes. Yeah. You know, and it's like, yes. okay, well, now, yeah, I can't really use that because then I'm a liar and a hypocrite. But yeah. <laughs> no, children, children, you know, they, uh, like I look, like I look at them, children's undeveloped minds and get picking up a lot of experience as it goes. Um, if I cook, Who's going to wash the dishes? If you don't like to wash the dishes, then you cook and I wash the dishes. Like either or like it's your choice. I, I don't mind, but I'm just not doing everything. I think that's the that's the way to. Um, for my for my household, that's the way that I tend to do things. Uh, you're going to do something, but you choose what you do. Um, and I and I, you know the way you phrase that kind of unravels a knot in my spaghetti in my personal healing, because we, I have a tendency to state that my ADHD is what one of the things that keeps me from cleaning, because I do tend to get overwhelmed when I walk in a room and there's just a mess. You know, my kids, they believe that every piece of floor should have something on it. You know, they are an equal opportunity florist. Um, but I get overwhelmed and so I just freeze. I hire somebody to come clean for me or I do this. Yeah. Yesterday was the first day that I did a sink full of dishes and I was so excited because I did the dishes. Uh -huh. I didn't finish them, but I rewarded myself for that sink. But yeah. the way you stated it is because in my house, I am responsible for everything. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I do get overwhelmed by that. Even though I have a 19-year-old here, she herself is on the spectrum. And so she's dealing with her own personal mental health, you know, stuff. And it's just a complicated battle. And so we all just shut down and we're just like, you know what? Nobody comes and visits us. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, it's, 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 it's however y'all say it go. That's really what it boils down to. Every household is going to be different. Every lesson is going to be different, but we're just hoping that it, it generates to a certain point, a, a certain reasonable outcome. So, um, but that's yeah. a good way, and that aligns with my my goal, my dream, what I feel that my intended purpose is is a Celtic braid of community because you know you have a knowledge base that I don't. I've never been to prison, you know. Um, 
whereas I've been here. So I've, I'm more technology based. So I would be a better aid to you in the sense of technology because, you know, I've, I've got a, you know, an understanding of that. So together we would barter, Hey, you teach me to be a little bit, you know, more intellectual as I speak to black men. I'll show you how to get into Snapchat and take a few pictures, you know, it's that simple. And that's really what I feel like my purpose is. Exactly. And that makes a lot of sense. And I do believe in that. That's, I think it, it, when we get on the topic of, of, of young black men, that's what I always say. Like, I feel that there are certain mistakes that I've made in my life and people try to hold that against me. But how I get over that is I, any situation that I'm in, I try to prove my value. So whatever in my circle, whatever there's a lack and I have value and I can do that, that's all I provide. Like you said, I'm not good technological person, but around my house, um, I, I am. So my paperwork, all of that type of thing, my wife, she always does it. She fills out my paperwork. She reads all the information. That's what she does. But in return, uh, she don't have to wash her clothes. She don't have to wash no dishes. Like That's very much in my wheelhouse. Um, so I just think every group of people find where you fit in at and just do your job. When you do your job and everybody does their job, it, it, it functions like beautifully. So that's Without what I try to do. ego. Without ego, of course. Without ego. Because some people might say, you be washing like, yeah, because I know how to do that. Right. I, I know how to do that. I don't mind washing. It's therapeutic for me. I don't mind cleaning. I don't and mind washing dishes. The pay is better than what you were used to. You get to go snuggle up with her at the end of the day. You get to kiss your kids at the end of the night. Exactly. So I I completely commend that because you've recognized compensation is not what's in your bank account. Exactly. And that's a lesson that I feel is missing in everyone. For sure. Because we Western civilized. People don't understand that. Let's if we go right back to the continent of Africa, like how you became the leader of your tribe, it had nothing to do with how much money or things that you had. It was all about your character, how great of a leader you were. The decisions that you make, did it benefit everybody as a whole? Uh, the honor. Uh, there's uh, many things that made you put you in a position of leadership and prominence outside of money. Nowadays, we've been tricked in Western civilization to think. No matter how you get your money, as long as you have a lot of it, that's the only thing that matters. But in my opinion, like that's the devil's trick, like to to, to make you think that uh, if I sell drugs to my own people, if I destroy my community, if I go rob and shoot somebody and I become financially successful because of that, that makes it okay. In my opinion, it don't. Like when you have a lot of money, and no values, no honor, uh, a, dis- uh, a discrepancy in your character. Doesn't matter how much money you have, it's not going to, in my opinion, it's not going to be a satisfying life. So, you know, Cedric, I, I definitely want to introduce you to my friend DC from What the Shit podcast. Um, you know, he is someone who is also very interested in promoting people of color 
and, you know, just giving them a, a platform that they may not necessarily have had before, okay. you know, um, I do recognize, and I always lean, lean with caution because we always want to give respect to everyone. And so when we pull in to say that it's a designation for people of color, it's not a discrimination of those without. It's just an additional resource for those who may not have had that resource before. Absolutely. And so that is what I feel DC and Amron with Opulence Radio are doing. And they are working um, to have a conference in July for people um, of color, uh, for creators to give them additional information to make sure they don't get taken advantage of or give them a little couple of insider tricks. So I just want to introduce you in DC um, and, you know, maybe he, I'm just going to introduce you. Everything okay. past that is all up to God, but I just, I truly, truly want to help spread your message, which is just basically, it's okay. It's okay. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah, absolutely. And, and it's a beautiful message because of its simplicity and absolutely. There's no expectation. There's no nothing. It's just, it's okay. And it gives the person the freedom to put their own definition to what that means. Absolutely. And so I want to make sure I help in any way that I can in that regard. And I appreciate that. I really do. I appreciate what you're doing here too. I thank you for this opportunity to be here. And like we said, when we met, I enjoyed our time out. We, we kicked it. We was honest uh, conversation. Uh, we definitely stood out in that group because absolutely. we wanted to have adult conversation and they wanted to play some game, drinking <laughs> game. And we were like, nah, no, we're good. Yeah, so tell yeah. me about you, Cedric. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Just, you know, learning people, taking it all in. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. Yes. I am supposed to go hang out with your sister again soon. So. Okay. Uh, you know, maybe we can get another game night going. Yeah, let me know. I'll be there. I'll definitely be there. So there's a part of my show, okay. and it is called The Goddess Seat. Okay. And so in The Goddess Seat, I push love into my guest. Okay. And for you, it's going to be super, super easy. Because you are an amazing man. I've been in your energy. I've been in your presence. And I know that your message is completely genuine. You truly are allowing people their own paths. You're just putting pavers there to hopefully prevent them from falling through where you fell through yourself. And so I encourage that because... You're not telling people what to do. And that is important. Absolutely. It's very important that people are given the information as you've shared, but they come to their own conclusions because if you force it, it will not stick. You are walking testimony to that. Thank you. So I just want to give you your flowers. I want to celebrate you. And I just want you to know that I truly appreciate you. 
And I know that you are going to do amazing things because of the place that you're coming from. And Thank so you. that is the goddess seat. <laughs> Thank you. And so we are at the point now that I am going to say, let everybody know where they can find your information. Okay. Um, I should have been very prepared for this, but you can find me. Um, I do have Facebook. Facebook is Cedric Pierce. Um, I do have an email. My email is Cedric Pierce at yahoo.com. Um, I would. I get a lot of phone calls, so I'm not just going to give out my number. Yeah, we definitely don't <laughs> want to do that. <laughs> you know, I get so many calls. But uh, you can you can definitely, if, if you are, uh, if you are uh, uh, a mother of a troubled youth, if uh, you're recently uh, formally incarcerated, you've just been released, uh, especially if you're in California, and you need resources, you can reach out to uh, ARC, which is the anti-recidivism coalition.org. Uh, you can ask for me there uh, and they will put you in contact with me. If you need resources, they should be able to facilitate any resources that you need. Um, my, my, my goal is in the future, maybe like the next three to five years is to uh, my life coaching, um, in my own hands, possibly. Um, Manifest it. It's yeah, coming. It's coming. It's and, coming. Uh, I will be able to deal more directly, independently with individuals that might need assistance. Um, so, so, and I just want to go on record and say you need a license to be a life coach, technically. You yeah, don't yeah. need a license to be a friend. And exactly. what Cedric is offering is a friendship. And so I would encourage you guys to go through the appropriate channels to reach him, respect him as a man, as a per man who has a personal life. <laughs> and just, you know, he definitely is here for the youth. Um, he's here for young mothers, old mothers, fathers. It doesn't matter. Just definitely if you guys, just need somebody who may understand a little bit of what you're going through. Give him a, give him a shout. Absolutely. Give me a shout out. Yeah. And so with that, Cedric, I am just going to say thank you again so much for coming. You just stick around and then we'll do our stuff at the end and after the close. But okay. for everybody else, Thank you so much for waking up today. I love you. And be nice. It's easy. Oh, God,